BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Quick Slants, the podcast is brought to you by Nissan. Go to choosenissan.com today for great savings on year-end models. I'm telling you, you can get yourself a, like a Murano or a Rogue, Pathfinder, uh, your Titan is out there, you get a Frontier, any of those, you'll be happy as a clam driving around in the snow or the sleet or the rain. Quickly, it's a podcast. Today, Troy Brown stepping in for Gerard Mayo, and it's a significant upgrade. We talk Packers. <laughs> we talk Vrabel. We talk free agency. Yeah, it might be a little premature on that. We'll see if we get to that. All that and more on Quicksense Podcast. Woo! I just went freelancing on that uh, intro right there. Troy Brown, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. How about yourself? I'm real good, real good. I, you know, John Henry, the Skull Crusher, he's our producer here for the podcast. Are you down about that, that I just started, flip, you know, just freelancing on that? Oh, I thought it sounded fantastic. Yeah, but I just teased free agency, and it popped into my mind. I don't know if we're going to talk about it. I want to talk a little bit about free agency, but... I can cut it out, but now I can't because you're bringing it up again. Nah, you'll see what I'm getting at, because okay. it's more about Bill Belichick, the GM, v Bill Belichick, the coach, and we're going to put the lie to the notion that the GM has been shanking the coach for year upon year. But before we get to all that... Mike Vrabel and the Patriots, Troy. Excuse mm-hmm. me, Mike Vrabel and the and Titans. Titans. Yeah, yeah that's better. Yeah. <laughs> coming out of that, boy, am I coming out of the shoots fast. Uh, they're hosting the Patriots, and, and I found it interesting because after their win, 28-14 to 14, over the Cowboys, mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel took one of his players to task for celebrating on the Dallas Cowboys logo. Here's that audio of Mike chastising said player for that celebration. That's not what we want as an organization. That's not what I want as a head coach. I want our guys to play as hard as they possibly can for each other, between the whistle, as physical and aggressive and as clean as they possibly can. And I get that there's things that go across the line between the whistles. Once the whistle blows, celebrate with a teammate. Uh, find somebody else in a Titans uniform. Find a coach um, and celebrate with them. But, but we, don't, we don't need to do that. Um, that's not what we want to do. Talk to Kevin this morning. I'll talk to the team again tomorrow, um, and that goes for a lot of guys. We're, we're not. That's not what I want. And if that's what they want, you know, we, we see it very differently. All right, Troy. So there you hear Mike. He makes a point about uh, players having perfect comportment and etiquette on the field. How does Troy Brown, former Mike Vrabel teammate, <laughs> react to this? I mean, I can't help but laugh at, but laugh at that, man. You know, it's just uh, knowing Mike, he was good for rubbing stuff in oh, on good. players he was great at and, and making them really feel it, you know, and, re- and reminding them what just happened, uh, <laughs> what he just did to him, uh, what we're going to do to him, uh, just whatever. You know, he was the master at getting under people's skin and getting into their mind. Even Tom Brady, he would do to Tom Brady as well. So 
it just kind of shows you that you have to make that transition from a oh, player boy. to a coach, or from an assistant coach to a coach. That you, it's a drastic turn. It is a drastic. And, and, you, know, you know, it's just uh, you know, I just never thought I would hear Mike Vrabel say that something I, like and that. Didn't, be, and he always used to say, "I be appalling." You know, I never just, thought I would see yeah. the day. Yeah, um, I think that was Vince used to say that all the time. I never thought I would see the day. But uh, <laughs> when you look at the fact that this guy went wings flapping after the Eagles game, or that he absolutely steamrolled Ben Roethlisberger. Poor innocent rookie Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Getting steamrolled in 04. Poor yeah, guy. I mean, he was constantly taunting other teams all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe not to the extent of where he ran to the to the uh, middle of the field on the logo, on the visiting team's logo, and did something. But, you know, I wouldn't put it past him if he would have thought, thought of that. If he had thought, or if the yeah. play ended right there, he wouldn't yeah. have missed that opportunity. No doubt, you know. So. Um, you surprised that he is a head coach? No, I'm not. I think Vrabel always kind of had it in him to coach. He kind of knew a lot of positions and very smart guy. And uh, I think he was t- taking a lot of stuff in, you know. So I'm not surprised that he's a coach at all. So, uh, you know, I'm, you know, he, he made it to a head coaching job in the NFL very quickly. Very quickly. You know, but so he did I, the legwork too. He went to Ohio he did, did State. The leg I remember. Work. I remember talking yeah, to him kinda, when he was the, out. Was there. Luke Fickle was the head coach. Luke there. Helped, helped him out a lot. I think so. I think he was very involved in that. You know, and uh, you know, I think they helped him out a lot. And then and having the coach under Urban Meyer, you know, who's uh, who's proven to be a very good college football coach. You know, learned a lot from him there as well on the college level. And just kind of transition that over to the to the uh, Titans when he had the opportunity to be there. And they're not bad. Learn, learning from Romeo Cornell, you know, who had a long right. history with the Patriots and the Giants and all the their winning days. So I'm sure he he's been able to take in a lot from a lot of different players and get it from different aspects of the game too as well. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that helps him, you know, with his preparation. Plus he was so friggin' smart to begin with. Exactly. You know, he knew everything. You know, I mean, he, he told you too. He knew. He told you. He let you know about <laughs> it. You know. Everything you're doing to let him know what you're tipping this off, tipping that off, you know, doing this. It was great, yeah. too, because it wasn't just you you guys that he would do it to. I mean, I'd go, hey, Mike, yeah. how you doing? I wrote a long story on him one time. You know, talk to his freaking high school principal, high school coach, you know. You go up to a guy, you bust your ass, you write a story, you talk to a bunch of people involved in his background. You, you know, you want to make sure they saw it, they had a chance. Mike, you see that story? Yeah. <laughs> Boilerplate. <laughs> just goes boilerplate. I'm like sitting there trying to write this rub down, verbal rub down of a guy who I thought was a great player, great, you know, em- emblematic of the pay. Yeah, you know what? That just came off the mimeo. Just anybody could have written that. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but I mean, there are four guys, Troy, who I think are emblematic as much as anybody of the Patriots from 2000. And you predate that, but 2000 through 2010. And it's, it's you, it's Kevin Falk, it, it's Teddy. And it's Mike Vrabel. Do yeah. you, from the inside, I mean, I'm close, but I wasn't on the inside. Do you agree with that? I'm sure there's other guys I'm missing too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I play with a ton of great teammates. You know, I, um, Teddy obviously fits the mold, Kevin Falk. You know, guys that kind of just did whatever, you know, kind of, you know, I know for myself, you know, I was kind of always listening to what was going on around me at different positions and everything else too. And, uh, defensive side of the ball, whatever it may be, just kind of taking everything in. And it was and similar to what Vrabel did. We took a lot of reps on scout team, you know, and, and, and Vrabel had a chance to do a lot of different things. Like he would play safety, he would play uh, linebacker, he would play whatever, you know, and, and just on scout team. And it 
This, I think, is probably one of the reasons why he's such a, a pretty good coach already. It, it's, let me ask you, I'm going too far afield from the other things that are more timely, but I want to ask you this, too, because when I look at that team and, and the things that you guys shared during that period from 2001 to 2007, laying the groundwork and foundation for an organization for a head coach who had already, you know, was on his last legs when he got here and started out shitty and then turned it around. It's different then than it was now. Have you felt anywhere that kind of sense of camaraderie and building something that you did during that period of time? Do you think you'll ever feel anything like from that? What again? Enough, from what year now? Oh, just in that period of time from 2000 to 2000. Seven or so. Have I felt it? Just that teammate. Just that teammate camaraderie. I mean, there's a bond I would think between you guys. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I have. I mean, but it's just like I mean, yeah. We have just uh, when we had those little good togethers for those 15 year championship runs that we won, man, and you know, think about all the guys that was on those teams, man. It was just all good people. You know, not just players, but just they were just good people. Everybody got along and, you know, I mean, for a locker room, like, we never really had any fights, you know, like fist fights between players. And that happens you know? around the NFL. It happens around the NFL, you know, and guy could have their drinks on the plane and there wouldn't be any fights or anything, man. But, you know, it would be like, you know, maybe an occasional argument or something, but everybody just kind of got along, man, and fit in and did their thing and, and that's kind of unusual. You know, you always hear about players getting their fights. On, I know in my early days, you yeah. know, Willie McGinnis getting in his fight, you know. And, Who did he uh, fight? You didn't see the, uh, you didn't see the, uh, Willie McGinnis story, was it the, the one that comes on NFL Network? No, the fight that I remember yeah, is that was, the they Vincent, talked about it a lot. The Vincent Brisby, was it Vincent Brisby and Lawyer? Or Vincent Brisby and Ray yeah, I think Creighton it might have been Vincent Brisby and Lawyer. So, see, that, that, I mean, those things happened then, and, you know, there was – uh, Willie McGinnis and another teammate of ours. I, I let you watch. You have to watch the. I know. I can't. I'm, uh, I'm watching it. Life is through. Life of Willie McGinnis. I guess it's called. But uh, yeah, there was. Yeah, he, yeah, there was. He had a big fight then, man. Big bloody fight too. So yeah, I wouldn't want to fight. I, I, we Willie. never. We never had anything close to that that I can remember. You know, from from those years. So. Give me your five teammates you wouldn't ever want to have to fight. Willie McGinnis. Top of the list. Richard Seymour up there? Richard Seymour would be up there. Matt Light would be up there. Um, Kevin Casper? Yeah, Kevin Casper. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Kevin Casper? I remember Kevin Casper. You could fight him. Yeah, I probably could take him, but um, <laughs> that might be, let's see. How many is that, four? That's three. That's Kevin three. Casper's out. Kevin, yeah, we got McGinnis, yeah. Seymour, Light. Light. Mankins. Uh, White TV Mankins, play Mankins is another one. He's mm-hmm. another one I would want to fight. Um, uh, Ted Washington would probably yeah, Ted Washington chew was, an yeah, arm off just, while he was there. Yeah, he was just big. Yeah, it was big. He was he was kind of rude too. So he was rude. He was very rude. Not a very so, nice guy. <laughs> no, no. That was the buffalo coming out of him. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So all right, bring it back to the future here. Um, Patriots moved to seven and two with their win over the Packers. And what was your number one takeaway from that game? Yeah, I just think defensively, I felt like they played probably their best game all around. Uh, playing against a player like Brett Favre coming into that game, I mean, they had their act together. 
Will Rogers. Yeah. I mean, who did I say Brett for? Yeah, he said Brett. I'm for. dating myself, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Holy smoke. Lisa yeah. wasn't friggin' Rogers. Lisa wasn't friggin' yeah. Bart Starr yeah. and Don Mikowski. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about it. But uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, a guy that people could argue is you know the best quarterback in the game today and uh, one of the best to ever do it. And there was a, you know a lot of a lot of hype around the game, and they showed up and they performed. You know, out of this world. They took away all those broken plays that those guys make, and they make it look great. And Aaron Rodgers wasn't able to mount a big comeback against them down the stretch, you know. So they made him look like an average quarterback, in my opinion. And that's what they had to do. The coverage was outstanding. You know, the secondary seems to be playing a lot better. And the rush a lot discipline. Tighter. The, the rush discipline was so much better, you know. Uh, Adrian Claiborne not zooming by guys, <laughs> you know. And the Trey Flowers making plays and – you know, uh, who was that Lawrence guy with the strip Lawrence guy on the, the ball? Strip. You know, Chung had the I mean, recovery. Turnover Jason the game. McCourty bounces back from yeah, that long throw. From a long throw. That's going to happen, though. You know, you're going to have some plays made on you, but you just don't want it to snowball. You know, and, and you continue to get beat and give up big plays throughout the course of the game. And, you know, he minimized that. You know, that's what you want out of your team. You want to see him respond to a little bit of adversity and, you know, and uh, – Make it right at the, after that, and he did. And he did that. It's funny, you know. We talk about Jason McCourty. We talk about Adrian Claiborne. Um, so often, the decisions that are made personnel-wise yep. that the Patriots make, there's going to be an assimilation period. First, your eyes widen when the initial decisions made. Holy crap! They traded who? They cut what? They doing what with this? Yeah. And you just don't make any sense of it. And then the team goes through a period where there's an adjustment to the absence. Yeah, And the Patriots went through that, I think, with Brandon Cooks this year. But when you look at the overall, the decisions that are made, and I'm bringing this up because Malcolm Butler is in um, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Logan Ryan's in Tennessee, and mm-hmm. Deion Lewis is in Tennessee. But when you look at those decisions, well, Trent Brown's here, and he wasn't here. Josh Gordon, they found a way to replace Brandon <laughs> Cooks. Yeah. Um, maybe not perfectly. Um, Cordero Patterson, they found a way to help their running game, even though it's not ideal with Sony Michelle, Jeremy Hill, and Rex Burkhead down. So it's amazing how they can find players to contribute, or they can move on from players like Jamie Collins or Malcolm Butler when they're not playing well and, and get out early on them. Yeah, I think they, they've, he's got a great knack for, you know, kind of letting players go you know, either a year or two before their prime, you know, they may go somewhere like West left and had a, what he had a great year yep, in great Denver. Year and then it was, you know, kind of downhill from there. Uh, you look at Logan Mankins when he left, you know, it was kind of like, oh, he played what, not even a full season in mm-hmm. Tampa, you know, and um, <clears throat> so they, they've kind of had the, been right on a lot of that stuff. You know, and then you could you could you always question your eyes kind of open up like they just did what they just traded Chandler Jones, you know, and they just and they got they just then they come back with the Jamie Collins thing. It's like you know what are they doing, you know, and they go and win the Super Bowl. I mean, high, <laughs> after high they is the only that. one who survives. Defense actually looked great after they traded Collins, you know. So um, yeah, so you can question all the moves that they make, and and you can call it. You know, dumb, stupid, whatever. You know, outrageous move. You know, the, the Brandon Cooks move was kind of like one that you know for me it was scary. Like, you know, like they did what, you know. But I, I kind of felt like he didn't. He wasn't a solid fit for here for the, what they do here. I I you agreed know? with that. Yeah, because to he, me, I was like, you know, yeah. But it was he, a guy that you had, a guy that, that you had that was making plays down the field, getting PI calls for you. He wasn't really that route runner that you were looking for. Wait till you replace him before you. 
trade them. Yeah, and, yeah. and to me, yeah. but then there's other things like Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'll never stop questioning the decision to only get a second in return for him. Yeah. When if you put up, put him up, you know, on a league-wide auction, you would have done better. Yeah, no doubt. You know, but there's moves like that. But I'm sure it was more behind that move. You know, because you actually sent him to San Francisco with those rumors about other people weren't actually wanting him. Probably would have gave you more. You know, but there's yeah. that. But what interests me in that is when Solder signs with the Giants and they get Trent Brown, I say to myself, "What the? Because you're looking, Brown, you're looking this at guy Trent sucks. Brown. You see how athletic he is, and then you read all the, the the things about him, and you know the knocks on him. He doesn't always play hard. He's not this and that. And I'm looking like, why would somebody trade a guy, get rid of a guy at six foot eight, three hundred and eighty pounds that moved the way he does? Do you, you know, know what my theory is? He was he wasn't playing hard. They owed him a favor. Look, I'm gonna give well, you I'm gonna give you a quarterback in the future. Do me a solid and send me back that kid Brown. Yeah, Trent that, Brown. That, that didn't make a lot of sense though because you just signed a guy to a hundred and how many million dollars a contract? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I know. You need but somebody you already, to protect uh, that. But you know, but you, I could see that's how. So, they, but you know, they 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 felt like they had got whatever they wanted to get out of Trent Brown and they weren't gonna get anything out of him. Which is send him to Dante Scarnecchia. And he revives the kid's career, and I, I feel like the Brinks truck is backing up. After you've already, <laughs> so, but if you so, traded Jimmy Garoppolo for, for, for Trent Brown, but you trade, you know, but you traded him. You trade, but if you traded yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo last November, and you and you're Kyle Shanahan, yeah. and your phone rings, and Bill goes, "I need, a, I need a tackle." I need a tackle. Yeah. I really like uh, Trent Brown. Yeah. Oh, we like him too. Yeah. Well, remember what happened last October? <laughs> yeah. All right, you can have him. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, no I wouldn't be no stunned. Doubt. Yeah. Um, one guy in this conversation that I, I want to mention, though, is a guy the Patriots kind of tried to get out on, Rob Gronkowski, in April. They wanted to deal him. And, yeah, and a lot, I, you a lot of conversation see. around that, you know. And as a result, it's interesting to see they didn't get out on him. And if you look at, for instance, pro football focus, and I know they're not the end-all, be-all, but Gronk has consistently been a player who's rated between 90 and 91 every single year. And now he's yeah, down to 75. 75. And you can see him not a, being himself yet. Instead of A minus yeah. in college, B, B plus in high school. 75. So 94 oh, to 100, I think is. Oh, 90. That's 100 in high school, but like 92. 90 is like an, an A, a minus college, to me. Yeah, yeah, so 91 yeah. an A. So he's a college. I didn't get a lot so of So he's A's. got an a, a minus, you know. I was a big time guy. He's a 75. He's a 75 guy. I was a 78 to 82 guy. <laughs> You know, if I had a 70 and I needed a, and I knew I needed to get a B minus. We'll, we'll use the college scale. Like 70 to 70, 70 to 80 is a C. Fair and enough. A C, that a C or a D. Yeah, he's playing as a, a, no, he's playing as a cat 60, and he's always 60, been an yeah. apple. Yeah. Who's that? He's playing like a cat and he's always been an apple. Got gotcha. to get him up to banana. He's always been an apple. So, yeah, and, and yeah, and to see the, the drastic fall off from where he was and you hear Lombardi, you know, who used to be here with the Patriots, knows Rob Gronkowski, knows Bill, Bill Belichick and – He's making comments like he slowed down. You know, he can't run the way he used to. You know, and I can't see it because I always felt like Bronk was just a lumber, just lumbered downfield and built speed up. You know, but he's made yeah. so many plays. He made so many too. plays. Like Kansas City made plays, Buffalo made plays. Yeah. So you I'm, know, those games he's made some plays. I, I just don't think they're coming as frequently as they used to. You know, just kind of line them up out there and yeah, we see somebody on him and give him a chance. You know, and. He really hadn't had those chances in the red zone. They haven't gone to him, haven't called his play, called plays for him. I don't know if that's by design or not. Yeah. But they really haven't done that. You well, know? for the first and few games, they, he was drawing three drawing or Drawing two or three guys. Yeah, they weren't going to let Gronk beat him. You know, they, they didn't have much else to worry about on the field. You know, but, you know, 
after Edelman gets back and you got Gordon on the field and, you know, you see Gronk make some plays late in the game that really helped the team out. You know, he's still able to do those kinds of things. So I'm wondering if he's – they just kind of like, yeah, whatever, we're going to do something else here because we want to go to somebody else or we just trying to see what we got for down the road. Uh, they were just doing things to just kind of be like, you know, he can't do it anymore on a regular basis. And that brings me to the conversation about <clears throat> free agency that I alluded to because we've talked a little bit about the guys in and the guys out um, in the past. And this is a little early to get into it, but when you have Trey Flowers playing at the level that he is, Shaq Mason already got his deal, so he's not going to be a free agent. But Rob Gronkowski carries a huge cap hit next year. Yeah. And Tom Brady carries an even bigger one. Yeah. There's a lot of decisions to be made. Steven Guskowski's up. Chris Hogan's up. Um, Hightower. As I said, yeah, Hightower's got a big number. Big number. But, I mean, you get a lot of guys. Yeah, Trent Brown. Trent Brown, perfect, another, yes. So another, those are guys they're going to have to make decisions on. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these guys, Trey Flowers, a lot of these guys aren't going to have, uh, aren't going to turn down big you know, big bucks from any other team. So, but we, we see what Bill's philosophy is on it. He's let guys walk before. I let guys go through free, free agency and then try to, you know, see if you try to match, see if they yeah. match them and get them back. If it's worth it, you know. But they probably put that dollar price on all those guys, and if it's too much, they end up walking. But man, you got to seems like you got a pretty good steal with Trent Brown. Trent Brown and Trey Flowers. And Trey Flowers. You know, I think he may be able to budget with Trent Brown. I mean, uh, with uh, Trey Flowers a little bit, you know. But if there's teams out there that are really looking for pass rushers and want to uh, ramp up the defense even more, he may he may end up. Uh, Commanding a price that may be a little too, little too steep for the Patriots to well, that's play. What I'm thinking, pay for a guy I like was, you know, you know, maybe he wasn't a household name guy. No, Daniel you know? Hunter, Vikings. Yeah, uh, 80, yeah, 80 plus million dollar guy. Yeah, and so I, you look at I just Trey don't Flowers, see them. I don't see them. Level. I don't see them doing that. With uh, they'll probably just go young, try to find a guy in the draft or something, or some free agent that. Just came off of Achilles or something. Uh, exactly. <laughs> right. knee, yeah, I mean, Josh, Josh Gordon's another that, guy. I mean, that Josh, lost, that lost some, lost some value. You're going to have to make a decision. I mean, yeah. Josh Gordon at some point. I mean, he's got bills. <laughs> They're not yeah, small, no and he's doubt. making I think seven eighty five or something insanely small. Um, but he's going to have to look. They're going to have to make a decision with him. But um, as we talk about yeah. Josh Gordon, as we talk about this offense, I think we both look at Josh Gordon and have talked about this on on the tv he's not in great shape yet oh no he's far from being in good football good football shape but decent football shape he's got a ways to go before you see him uh, at his uh peak fitness level you know and right now man he he's he, he gets uh the, the tank is empty very quickly especially when they go tempo you know with him so they go tempo he has no chance you know and he was tapping he was tapping out he was tapping out in that first drive, you know, getting out the field. So he's not ready for that kind of pace, you know. He's not ready for a regular pace on a consistent basis in the league, you know. So it's just, um, yeah, that's what happens when you're not on the football field, you know, for five years. So, I mean. And you miss training camp, too. You know, good thing, hopefully they, they get some games where they can kind of play them in the shape where they get a big lead on somebody or something, just run the crap out of them during the game. Yeah. You know? So, and, and get them back into football shape. You know, I'm, I'm sure all that oh, stuff will help him down, down the stretch. Well, they walk up to him. Uh, bye week. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Everybody uh, but you, Josh. Everybody but you. You, uh, know, you got, you got as claim as part of your uh, rehab. Right. You know, you know, from the hamstring <laughs> conditioning. We're, gonna, we're just going to sprint, buddy. Yeah. Um, my last question before we wrap this up is, 
I would be stunned if the Patriots aren't able to handle easily Marcus Mariota just days after taking care of business against Aaron Rodgers. You? Yeah, well, we saw uh – Another Mitchie, one of Mitchie. Bill's. We saw another one of Bill's uh, oh, assistant yes, coaches. You know, have his number. Let's see if one of his assistant, one of his former players, uh, can can dial up some stuff. You know, to give him some trouble. Again, we talked about how smart Rabel is. And, yep. You know, he's got three of his players down there. He's got a GM that was part of the Patriots organization, and you know, see if he can tap into uh, what he used to tap into to get into Belichick's skin and get into Brady's skin. Ooh, See if he can tell his players what to look for, or what he used to look for in Brady. It kind of tip off some stuff. So that's uh, that's gonna be uh, interesting gonna be. to watch for, you know. And of, of course, Brady. I mean, he's gonna have a lot of stuff. He saw what Mike Pettin did last week, and I'm sure Vrabel already knows you got to throw different stuff at Tom, you know, to try to get him thinking back there, make him hold the ball for an extra half a second or something. You know, so I'm sure you'll have about 15 to 20 different defenses and looks drawn up to uh, try to throw him off because that's the only way you can play him. Of all the things that Brady has to remind him of how old he is and how long he's been playing, i got to think that playing against Mike Vrabel, not playing against <laughs> some other guy who was yeah. like 10 years in, but Mike I think was probably about five or six years in at that point, five years, whatever. I mean, he's a contemporary that's got to yeah. be really when you look over, like, holy shit, I'm old. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and, and you look at Vrabel might be, was, what is, is Vrabel maybe, is he younger than Brady? What year no. did Vrabel come into the league? 90, 95, oh, 90, I think it, he was oh, Ohio State. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's got him by a few Because he, he played you guys in yeah. Pittsburgh in uh, yeah. 97. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, that's got to be, yeah, you look over like, man, I'm playing against a guy that, a head coach that I won three Super Bowls with. Not even, yeah, not, even a, not even a guy who's an assistant and still working. His I know, way this up. is a head coach of an of a NFL football team, and I'm still doing it. I hope he forgot some of that stuff he used to do to me in practice. Holy crap. He's not telling his prayers to look at my left foot or my right foot or my eyeball, my right eyeball. You know, if it's cocked a little bit, or if it's, you know, wandering off to the side over here or something that I'm going to do this, you know. Hope he hadn't told all his guys that, you know. That'd be so, great. Yeah. It's going to be a great matchup. But, so uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great to watch Bill coach against Vrabel, Vrabel coaching against Brady, you know, Malcolm Butler situation, the Deion Lewis who was so emotional when he left here about being appreciated. You know, you're so glad to have somebody appreciate me. Man. <laughs> Just give me some money. Give me, show me some appreciation. Don't pat me on the back. Show me the money. Show me the money, you know. And, uh, you know, obviously Logan Ryan, who, you know, wasn't big controversy with him leaving, but, you know, he was a free, free agent when he left here, but good player. You've been so, down in Tennessee. You've been down in Nashville. I've been down in Nashville. It's been a, it's been a few years since I've been down. Do you there, like though. that city? Yeah, it, it was it was on the up and coming, you know, when I was down there. So but, good time because uh, so that place it's, it's, is it seems like it hurt us even better now in these days. So and it's not really a country town anymore. It's like whoever uh, got a little bit of what, Disney actors and stuff or Nick, yep. whatever actresses and actors and you know singers of different genres down there. Why are you nodding so. your head? Have you been down there? Yeah, I went there yeah. last year. So when? I don't know. This is skull question. So, uh, what month I so, went? Yeah. Did you have it's a nice really, time? It, yeah, it's really heard up and coming. It's heard awesome. the vibe. So, yeah, you just don't expect to go down and hear country music all the time. Yeah, a lot of bachelorette walking around parties. with cowboy boots on and everything. It's, a, it's like the bachelorette capital. Like, yeah. that's where there's a oh, lot yeah. of yeah. They, they, The so. ladies sure do love their country <laughs> these days. All right, Troy, thanks for being yeah, here. Yeah, man, I appreciate skull it. Skull Crusher, John Henry, thanks for uh, manning the uh, the soundboard. We got a soundboard now. Before it was just, we did it on my phone and we all huddled around it. Now it's a soundboard. All right, talk to you next week. See you.